Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse for our final episode of Season 3. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. Magic is fixed. When the group of six dragons attempted to wrestle magic back from a now elderly, unpredictable horse, magic instead chose a new guardian, Montgomery the Moose. Now imbued with magical powers, Montgomery the Moose released the dragons, who flew from the magical land known as the Realm of Dragons into space itself. Meanwhile, the group of friends, now reunited and safe, have realized that they need to go back and save Earth from turning into chocolate. So now, let's find out what happened next. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. And on today's episode, you will definitely want to keep listening for a special extra scene. So now, here's today's Tale from the Mooseverse. Chocolate. Chocolate grass, chocolate trees, chocolate water, chocolate animals, chocolate cars, chocolate houses, chocolate people. Chocolate everywhere. The air was still and quiet. Any bird that had touched a tree had turned to chocolate. Any insect that had touched the ground had turned to chocolate. Everything was chocolate. Montgomery the Moose and friends materialized close to the clump of grass that had led many of them into the realm of dragons in the first place. Ringo, standing next to Montgomery, immediately felt a creeping sensation as his legs began turning to chocolate. Montgomery noticed and gave a quick nod, after which Ringo's legs returned to normal. The rest of the friends were protected already, riding as they were in spaceship, her cockpit broken and stuck in the open position. This is everywhere? Montgomery the Moose asked. You tell me, Ringo replied. I can't tell anymore. Montgomery closed his eyes and was still for a moment. (laughs) He gave off a slight giggle. Yeah, it is everywhere. The whole world. But no one is in danger. And it's actually pretty spectacular. Here, let me show you. Suddenly, the group was floating over baobab trees in Madagascar. Both the trees and everything around them were chocolate. Hey, they look like the upside-down tree on our island, said Roger. Yeah, said Montgomery, that's what I wanted to show you. Spaceship couldn't help but feel this place was very familiar. If only Bobby weren't chocolate, maybe he'd be able to tell her why. But before she was able to ask, the group was now floating over Mount Everest, also made entirely of chocolate. Even in its natural state, this would have made the whole group gasp in wonder, but now it was almost unreal. Is this only on land? Phoebe asked, and before she knew it, they were deep under the Pacific Ocean, close to the Mariana Trench. They instinctively held their breath before realizing they didn't need to. They were in a bubble consisting only of air, even though the water around them was chocolate. In fact, the only way they knew they were in the ocean at all was that their bubble included part of an octopus. And while five of the octopus's leg tips stuck out of the bubble and were still made out of chocolate, the rest of the octopus within the bubble became a living octopus once more. Its eyes looked at the group, and through its beak it became the first octopus to ever speak. Who are you? it asked. What is going on? Are you 
The kings of the ocean? Montgomery the Moose and Ringo looked at each other and decided it was time to leave. This octopus would turn back to chocolate when they left anyway, and the bubble would fill again with chocolate water. Next, they teleported over the chocolate-leaning tower of Pisa in Italy, where they floated in the air and took in the view, and then the same over the chocolate Aztec pyramids of Mexico. Mr. Toucan loved the climate on this stop and wondered if he should stay behind, but before he could say anything, the group was shouting out requests of where they wanted to go next, and they were off again. Montgomery heard the frogs first, so now they were in an entirely chocolate central park, with Montgomery the Moose and Ringo standing on the bow bridge that Walter and Wheezy had swum under so many times. Chocolate people stood perfectly still throughout the park, statues of people living a frozen moment of life. They clearly hadn't seen the chocolate coming, and it didn't scare or hurt them in any way. They just were chocolate. Spaceship lowered herself to rest on the water of the lake close to the bridge. Hey, Walter called out to Ringo. I thought we were going to have lots of adventures together. Ringo tilted his head sideways with curiosity, and Wheezy joined in on the conversation as if picking up on Walter's thought and the horse's unspoken question. I think he means you're so... Well, not to be rude, but you're so old. And after Montgomery fixes this, it seems like our adventures are over, right? But remember when you met us here? You said something about bringing mice to Central Park. So, yeah, quesadilla. Ringo simply smiled back with a glint in his eye, as if to say, oh, the story's not over yet. Then he turned to look at Montgomery the Moose and said gently, Will you take me home, please? Montgomery nodded back. Wait, Wheezy called out. Will we come back here? Or can we stay? She asked, signaling to Walter. Hmm, Montgomery mused. Yeah, we'll be back here. Do you want to stay here in the meantime? Walter looked at Wheezy and nodded. Yeah, let's stay. Walter and Wheezy smiled at each other. A break from adventures would be good. I mean, you are going to turn it back to normal, right? Right, Montgomery the Moose said. But if there's a spaceship sitting in the lake, people might be a little surprised, right? Well, I mean, this is New York. You probably wouldn't even notice it. I mean, you know how many spaceships I've seen in Central Park? Walter added with a laugh. Haha, <laughs> okay, Montgomery replied. Just in case, though, I'm going to hide us from everyone else's view. The frogs and the other friends said goodbye to each other, and the frogs hopped out of Spaceship's cockpit, down onto the chocolate water below. Montgomery the Moose invited the other friends, Montgomery the Mouse, Phoebe, Tamar, Dorothy, Michael, Fred the Chocolate Lab, Roger the Raccoon, and Mr. Toucan to join him and Ringo on Bow Bridge to witness the moment of transformation. The group stood looking out at Spaceship with the chocolate frozen form of Bobby in her cockpit and Walter and Wheezy below. Montgomery turned to Ringo with an, is it time, look in his eyes. Ringo looked reassuringly at Montgomery the Moose and gave a slight nod. Montgomery the Moose closed his eyes and took a deep breath, then opened them again and looked ahead at nothing and at everything and spoke softly. No more chocolate. For a moment, it felt like time stopped. The silence around them slowly started to fill with sound, gently at first and then more and more actively, movement, talking, and birdsong. 
The effects rippled out from Bow Bridge, across the lake, with Walter and Wheezy falling into the water as the chocolate gave way under them. Into Bethesda Terrace, the Ramble, and all the way across and out of Central Park, expanding across Manhattan, across the Hudson River into New Jersey, and across North America, while at the same time crossing the East River into Queens, up into New England, reaching Maine, and turning the chocolate Atlantic into water again, and making its way across the rest of the world. Nearby, on the bridge, a couple with a young child chatted and laughed in the moments after they came back to life. One of the adults leaned down to the child. What was I about to give you? She asked with a laugh. I, I can't believe I've forgotten. Wow, my memory. Oh well. The child and the grown-up hugged anyway, and they all walked across the bridge, unaware of the creatures hidden from their view right next to them. Life around them returned to normal, and no one who had been chocolate mere moments before knew that anything unusual had happened. With the exception of Fred, the now Labrador lab. Hearing people laugh in the beautiful late fall weather made Montgomery the Moose proud and excited. The group of friends had made it all possible. Together, they saved magic and restored the world. Despite being hidden from everyone around them, the group of creatures could still see and hear each other. And almost immediately, coming from Montgomery the Moose's fur behind him, Montgomery the Mouse heard a hiss. Ah, he shouted. That snake is going to eat me. Oh, please, Slither the snake replied. I'm a garter snake. I'm much too small to eat you. People keep saying that, Montgomery the Mouse retorted, but you wouldn't be if you ate me. Hmm, good point, Slither answered, and moved towards Montgomery the Mouse with a smile. Hey, Slither, down here, Wheezy called from the pond. The snake's attention left Montgomery the Mouse, and he decided to slither down and see his new frog friends. As the rest of the group became used to hearing the background noise of movement happening around them, they looked back at Spaceship's open cockpit and noticed a three-eyed green head looking back at them. Spaceship, the green head said. Look, there's the moose, but what happened to the dragon? Wait, where are we? This looks different. Is this another world? No, it's just New York. I'll explain everything later, Bobby, but he did it. He fixed magic. Everything's okay again, and we're free. Free? Yeah, we're free. We can explore anywhere we want to. Well, once we fix my cockpit, at least. Hey, does Madagascar mean anything to you? Bobby gave a puzzled look, closed all three of his eyes, and said, Yes, but I don't remember why. Well, let's go find out together. I have a hunch we can fix my cockpit there. A hunch? Bobby responded. With your computer brain? Yeah, well, Spaceship replied. Turns out I'm more alive than I thought. Montgomery the Moose joined the conversation. Want me to teleport you there? It might be easier with your broken cockpit. No, thank you, Spaceship replied. Bobby hasn't been outside Maine for as long as he can remember. The journey might be slow, but it will be fun. Wait, Tamar shouted. Before you go, can we have the caped cod? The what? Bobby asked. Oh, Spaceship said with a laugh. Yes, your singing fish thing. Bobby, could you pass it to them? Bobby picked up the mounted rubber bass fish from the floor of the cockpit, accidentally pressing a button as he did so. Here's a little song I wrote, 
The fish started, ah! Bobby panicked and threw the fish up out of the cockpit. Bouncing off Spaceship's hull, the fish came off the wooden backing and fell, singing as it splashed into the water. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't glub blub. Glub blub blub. Phoebe dove from the bridge into the water below, and Dorothy and Tamar watched with pride, seeing her bravely go feshing in a different way than they'd seen before. But when she pulled the singing fish out of the water, it was no longer singing. There was no movement and no sound, just a few sparks shooting out of its mouth. Oh no, Tamar said, the Cape Cod is broken. Montgomery, can you fix him? Yes, yes, all in good time. The creatures returned to saying their goodbyes, and while Walter and Wheezy swam away in their excitement to be home again and show Slither around, Spaceship and Bobby lifted into the air, cockpit still propped open. As they ascended, Bobby's voice carried down to the group below, as he asked Spaceship, Wait, did the moose say he can teleport too? Is that just a thing everyone can do now? Hey, watch out for those birds. Swifts, Spaceship responded. They're called Swifts. Can they teleport too? Down on the bridge, the remaining friends looked at Montgomery the moose. The Swifts wanted to come with you, you know, he said to Ringo. You okay with them coming back to your home too? Nothing would make me happier, the old gray horse replied with a smile. Okay then. A moment later, the group was standing in the red rocks of Colorado's Garden of the Gods. Above, the Swifts chirped and dove through the air, exploring this new territory with energy and excitement. Magnificent, Fred said, taking in the view around them. Breathtaking, Dorothy agreed. Home, said Ringo, with a proud smile and tearful eyes. The old gray horse put his right foot on a nearby rock, the same rock that he'd first touched so many years before, a lifetime ago now. He rubbed his hoof into the dust and invited others to do the same, which they did with their front feet and hands. Look, Ringo said, indicating to the red dust on their feet and hands, this place will go with you. Cherish it. They looked at their dust which felt somehow powerful and full of meaning. And, Ringo added, a part of you will always be with me. He indicated to the rock itself, which they now realized looked perfectly orchestrated and aligned, a beautiful display of hands, paws, feet, and hooves, a beautiful display of friendship. Montgomery the Mouse teared up. He hadn't known this horse, or in fact any of these creatures, for very long, and yet he felt closer to them than to anyone else in the entire world, or worlds. The horse spoke. I have lived an extraordinary, unpredictable life. Thank you, my friends, for being such a huge part of that life. The group didn't know how to respond, and mostly just nodded gently with tears in their eyes. And now, if you don't mind, I am very tired and I would like to take a short walk to show my swift friends their new home before I sleep. Of course, Montgomery the Moose spoke for the group, and Ringo turned away to take his leave. But, Montgomery the Mouse said through tears, will we ever see you again? The old gray horse turned back with a glint in his eye. Oh yes, he said, you already have, many times. Remember, I am rather unpredictable. He turned away once more, 
and walked up the path and over the hillside, with the swoop of swifts following him from above. The group below wept and hugged as they looked at the display of prints in the rock dust. They didn't understand why this affected them so much, but it did. After some time there, breathing in the fresh air and soaking in the view in silence, it was time to go. Montgomery the Moose teleported the friends to Maine, right by Damariscotta Lake. For Montgomery and Montgomery, it was great to be home, and they spent the evening helping their smaller friends set up better shelter than Phoebe, Tamar, and Roger had had the night before they'd entered the Realm of Dragons. Dorothy and Michael hadn't decided if they wanted to stay there or go back to Cambridge, but for now, some downtime seemed like the best thing for all of them. As darkness descended and the other friends settled in to sleep, Montgomery and Montgomery were still too worked up from their day to get any rest. So they were excited to smell a fire a little way through the woods. Some people sleeping in a small fabric house had set up a fire pit for dinner, and now that it was later in the evening, the smell of roasting marshmallows made its way through the crisp night air. Now you might think, dear listener, that after everything they'd just been through, they might want to take a break from chocolate. But our chocolate-loving friends yearned for something they were used to, and a couple of tiny morsels of chocolate seemed just the thing. So Montgomery the Mouse climbed up onto Montgomery the Moose's back, and they made their way through the woods. It's nice to be doing something normal again, Montgomery the Mouse said. Montgomery the Moose, even now that he was magical, or maybe especially because of that, felt exactly the same and nodded to agree. They were close now, just the other side of the next row of trees, and he didn't want to scare away the family by making too much noise. Hmm, I love s'mores, a boy said to the rest of his family as they all roasted marshmallows. Me too, said his sister. Yeah, said their older brother less enthusiastically. I... I wish there was something else in them, though. What do you mean? asked the mom. Well, doesn't it feel like there should be something else in s'mores? I mean, marshmallow, graham cracker, and something? What? What could be better? Just marshmallows and graham crackers, and when you had a black raspberry, they're the best they could ever be, said the dad. Yeah, but, the boy continued, is that all there ever is in s'mores? I mean, it feels like maybe there should be some other piece. Nope, the mom said and the rest of the family agreed. I read a whole thing on the history of s'mores once. That's all they've ever been, just marshmallows and graham crackers. And your dad likes to add black raspberries, but I've never heard of that before. Just marshmallows and graham crackers. In the woods, Montgomery and Montgomery whispered to each other. That's not right, Montgomery the Moose said. What are they talking about? Where's the... Montgomery the Mouse added. Chocolate, they said together. Oh, no, Montgomery the Moose said. I said no more chocolate. I got rid of all the chocolate. That's what that mom was going to give the kid on the bridge, and then she forgot. That's why they don't know about chocolate and s'mores. Well, that's pretty bad, agreed Montgomery the Mouse. But I know a magical moose who can fix that. You do? Great, Montgomery the Moose replied. Oh, you mean me. He closed his eyes and focused, but when he opened them again, the family was still only eating marshmallows and graham crackers. Oh no, Montgomery the Moose announced. It didn't work. I can't undo magic I've already done. What? Yeah. So what are we going to do? Montgomery the Moose shook his head in despair at his own mistake. We, we have to fix this. We have to fix chocolate.
to be continued in Season 4 of Tales from the Mooseiverse. But keep listening for a special post-credits scene. We have reached the end of Season 3 of Tales from the Mooseiverse. Thanks so much for listening. As always, we'd love to hear your stories. What do you think will happen next? Will Montgomery the Moose and Friends fix chocolate? If so, how? What do you think a world without chocolate is like? Maybe you'd like to tell a story about that. What will happen to Bobby and Spaceship as they go to Madagascar to look for answers about their past? What will happen to the frogs in Slither in Central Park? And will Montgomery the Moose fix the caped cod? As always, we'd love it if you would send us your stories about any of these characters or any others you think would fit in the Mooseverse. You can record a story yourself on audio or video, or write it, or even send in pictures. We'll include some on our website, mooseverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. To keep up to date with Mooseverse news, sign up for the Tales from the Mooseverse newsletter at mooseverse.com. And remember to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mooseverse. You can also check out and order Tales from the Mooseverse t-shirts, notebooks, pillows, and more at mooseverse.com slash merchandise. Mooseverse.com is also where you can find information about our online writing and story-growing workshops, as well as downloadable coloring pages and more. As always, we're looking forward to reading your stories. After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you in Season 4 of Tales from the Mooseverse. I'd like a dozen chocolate mice, three of those small chocolate moose, and one chocolate octopus, please. Excellent choices, the man behind the counter said. Are these to share? I can put them in a gift box. Oh, yes, that would be lovely, thank you. My grandchildren will love them. And I couldn't leave here without buying some chocolate moose, not after seeing your giant one. <laughs> of course, the man behind the counter said, and took payment. A minute or so later... The grandmother left the chocolate shop and stood by her car trying to fish her keys from her purse. In that moment, although entirely without her awareness, she and the entire world around her turned to chocolate. The next thing she knew, though, she was back to fishing out her keys, and the chocolate mice, chocolate moose, and the chocolate octopus in her bag turned into hard candy mice, hard candy moose, and a hard candy octopus. And the store behind her turned into a store that sold only hard candy. Just, she would have thought, had the thought crossed her mind, as it had always been. But then, from within the store, she heard crashes. Loud banging. Things falling to the floor. Shouting. The ground even seemed to shake from the vibration as something large came crashing into the wall of the store. And then, moments later, the man from behind the counter came running out the glass doors, saw the grandmother, ran right up to her, and shouted, Help! Call animal control! Behind him, a crash of glass led way to a large moose, stepping through the smashed doors and walking out into the parking lot. The moose shook her whole body to get rid of broken glass and eyed her surroundings. Montgomery, she said to herself, I'm free at last. I will find you, my son. (laughs) 